Hey guys, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you may be listening. Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Discovery. Today our episode is all about the fourth short trick, the Star Trek Discovery short trick, where we go along for the adventures of Hartcourt Fenton Mud. Yes, uh, I'm Clarence, like always, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? Hey, dude, I am glad it's 2019 and ready to talk some Star Trek, so glad to be back. Awesome, awesome, and also over there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, <laughs> we have Jonathan Shorts, the Trek story, and how you doing, dude? Man, I'm doing awesome. I just realized well i mean i did realize before but <laughs> cal saying 2019 it is a new year and i keep forgetting that so yeah happy new year yeah yeah I'll, yeah that is freaking awesome uh and we're into our what third calendar year but only really i guess our second year if you count seasons uh but right. yeah but yeah man it's it's awesome to be back we need to figure out the star date of that. Yeah, good luck with that. That's <laughs> all you. Also, there we have the Stargate story and Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty good tonight. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. So we're here to talk all about the short trick, uh, the escape artists. And guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek Discovery. In addition to talking all things Trek... Um, and it's, uh, we are glad that you're joining us. If you like the show, we also have a patron where we post bonus content, short takes, funny stuff, uh, just a smattering of different things. And you can check that out by going to patreon.com slash discussing trick. So real quick, uh, I want to something about that word. I like smattering smattering. <laughs> it's, it makes me think of food. <laughs> it's just an awesome. <laughs> Yeah, especially right now, everything makes me think of food. Well, it's sort of like that. Uh, what? What at the Waffle House? Smothered, covered, uh, covered, chunk, covered, block. Chunk, yeah, d- 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 yeah, yeah. We know about that. Yeah, we, we yeah. love the, we love those things. But the good stuff. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about food. We're here to talk about trick, and just in the Star Trek news and happenings. Uh, Hey guys, season two of Star Trek Discovery is set to premiere on January 17th, which is a mere few days away. Did anybody know anything particular about that date? Mm. I do not. I do not, no. but it's by the simple fact of you bringing that up, you've piqued my curiosity. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm suspicious now. <laughs> Well, as we know, these short tricks have been premiering on Thursdays going back four months. And actually, the 17th look like looks like is on a Thursday. So, oh, wow. Have we just shifted from Sunday going forward to Thursdays is a new time? Interesting. Mm. That's going to kind of throw a kink in our recording here, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can shift things around a bit, you know. But yeah, I was shocked by that uh, being being shifted to Thursdays. But look like that's what's going on. I didn't even pay attention to it because that date has been out there for what a few weeks now, a month even now. Uh, but I just never really paid attention to it. I, you know, kind of looked at the calendar. I was like, "What? That 
that doesn't compute. <laughs> but it looks like they're going head to head against. I think Orville comes on on Thursdays. Ah, uh, oh, oh, there we go. Don't do it. <laughs> and wasn't Orville on Sundays before? It yes, was. He was. It yeah. To Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And let me say, okay, it has been a great. First couple episodes of Orville. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about that. That's actually an item on my uh, Trek news and happenings list here. Oh, not, not, not Trek, but don't spoil me on the second episode. So I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the okay. second, but I did see the first, which I didn't think was very strong. I thought it had some good elements. To me, they leaned more into the comedic part than I I thought they were kind of getting away from that a little bit and getting a bit more serious this season, which maybe they did on the second episode, which I did not see. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but the whole premise of the first episode, you know, we're going to take the, the, the big guy, I forget his name, somewhere to pee. Really? Bordis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people uh, said this show is like Star Trek. Really? Um, but anyway, what, what are your thoughts, uh, John? You've obviously been watching. It, it, it's Seth McFarlane. So, I mean, you had to expect that. Like, you can't. You had to expect it was going to be something strange, but here, okay. So what I like about the first episode was that they were kind of showing us, hey, we're a strong show, and we also acknowledge what we did wrong the first, and we can fix it. So and I think a lot of that was more cinematography than anything. Yeah, I definitely heard they're going for a bigger budget. You know, uh, I ever heard. Uh, Seth MacFarlane himself talk about getting better computer graphics and stuff in this season, uh, which, you know, what I saw in the first episode all looked great. Uh, but it's just like the stories just aren't quite what I want, though. You know, we had some great episodes in the first season that were very Trek like, you know. And what what I'm assuming is going to is happening. And the second episode with no spoilers uh, is you're still not going to get the trick like, but what I see it happening, <laughs> you know, Seth MacFarlane has always done shows that kind of like touch on current subjects, but kind of on the side that we just really don't want to talk about much. Uh-huh. And then he kind of takes that to the extreme. So it's like, this is already an edgy subject currently. So we're going to talk about it, but we're also going to take it there. Like we're going to go way there with it. And I kind of, I kind of feel that's kind of where he's going with this, uh, just because he may realize that he's not going to be Star Trek. I mean, I think people will love this show because it's Seth MacFarlane and it's uh, funny, and you know, it, it had a good premise. But like, I, I, I don't think he's going to be able to compete with Star Trek's story, especially if we're going on the same night. I mean. It's just I don't see it happening. You're not going to be Star Trek. You're just not. So is part of the problem there because I stop. Well, is let me say this first. Is part of the problem that we are trying to compare it too much to Star Trek? Obviously, that's what it's supposed to be a quote unquote parody of. But like I quit watching it last season simply because. I didn't want to see a parody of Star Trek. I wanted to see Star Trek, Star Trek. And I liked Discovery so much that I didn't want to see a parody. But is when you say that the story it doesn't quite live up to what you're expecting, are you expecting Star Trek and then it not be? 
Well, my whole thing is, um, you know, the first season started off more playful, but by the end of it, we got some really good sci-fi episodes. You know, maybe even not in Star Trek, good sci-fi episodes that make you really think, you know, not like it hasn't been done before. Like the whole The Kelly thing has certainly been done in Star Trek before in other sci-fi properties. But I think they had a good depiction of that. And I thought it was really fun. And I love that from the season. Later in the season, they got more sci-fi ish and less playful. And maybe I thought, you know, by the beginning of this one, they would continue that. But, you know, they went back to the roots on their first episode. And, you know, who knows where they're going to go for the rest of it. Well, I mean, and I, could, I just kind of see it as being like Cal said, he stopped watching it because he didn't want to compare it to Star Trek. And I'm assuming that's kind of where they're going with it. They're like, all right, guys, we can't we're not going to try to compete. We're not we're going to be our own show. You know what I mean? I mean, that could like last like the first season, it could totally change midway through. But I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And now you guys have me interested to go back and catch up. So (laughs) but I'm going to tell you, it's just like boondocks. Don't watch it. If you're strongly opinionated one side, one way or another, because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, Wait, are they hitting on political things now? Is that no, Uh-oh. not yet, not Uh-oh. yet. But they hit some social issues, so social things going on now. Well, I like Buddy Doc, so yeah, and I'm okay with it. The second episode, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of glad that they did it because it's kind of, but. I can guarantee you that no other show on the planet would have done that episode like that ever. Wow. So, yeah, I guess, I'm really yeah. <laughs> guess I'm intrigued now. So OK, I'll, I'll give you a hint. There was pornography involved. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you mean more por- pornography than um, than uh, the, the Cisco's uh, girlfriend in the blob? You know, more than that last season. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> yeah, you're you listen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> listen. we won't dive in. And I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very open minded person, and I'm, but there's just parts of it I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like only Seth Farland would would do this. Okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead though. Yeah, well, uh, on from the, you know, the happenings in Orville, uh, the risque happenings, should I say, uh, let's just talk real quick about the Star Trek Discovery Season 2 set photos that came out, and we're looking on treknews.net. Uh, did anything from these pictures jump out at you guys before I tell say what I like about them? <laughs> not, not really. I mean, they just all, aside from, you know, Captain Pike and and Spock. I mean, there's really I didn't see anything new about them. True. That that piqued my interest. What about the rest mm. of you guys? Unless I'm totally missing something, which I sure you're kind of ramping up for a for something. I'm curious about the dead doctor. If this is <laughs> yeah, that's that's dream, one of my points right there. Sequence. Yeah, Colbert's back. Yeah, in full white there. <laughs> and I also, love those uniforms. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, they're okay. awesome. Okay, so did did uh, Saru have the weird-looking shoes last time? He did. Yes. I just didn't notice <laughs> it. He has hoofs. Yeah. Okay. That, that, gotcha. That's from last season. But, I mean. I, awesome. High heels. Hey, it looks like he's wearing high heels. <laughs> minus the heel. <laughs> 
but I don't know. I think the what jumped out to me besides Cobra being there, which we knew he was coming back, but still, I'm kind of weird on how they're going to put him back in the story. But also, you have Spock, which a different hairstyle and the beard, which is just throwing me off completely. <laughs> so I guess I guess I could get used yeah, to it, but it, it feels weird. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, that, that, I just it's hard. Like I don't immediately think Spock when I see him, just because of probably the facial hair. Yeah. Oh, but well, see, I do. Have like years to get a shave and a cut before we see him proper. So, yeah. hmm. you know, I don't I, think I, I've I, ever seen a facial hair. And oh, this, in the Bear universe, he had a goatee. That's what made him evil. Ah, good point. Go ahead, Cal. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at the picture, thinking. So, you, so it's actually because uh, I was trying to put my finger on what other character he might could play. I do see Spock, nonetheless. But he could also play this. Whoever this actor is could also play Namor from uh, Marvel Comics. <laughs> so cool. I have no idea who that is. He's their Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Which is a good movie, by the way. Just gonna throw that out there. It's not better than Into the Spideyverse, but anyway, well, I, have, I haven't <laughs> seen that one. So, oh lord, I haven't. Listen, uh oh, that's a, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be the best movie of 2018. Anyway, uh, we are here <laughs> to talk about Star Trek Short Treks, the escape artists. These are all preamble to season two of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we're going to talk about episode four, which premiered on January the 8th. 2019. The Escape Artist stars Rain Wilson, who also directs. It was written by Mike McMahon of Rick and Morty fame, who also will serve as executive producer on the upcoming Lower Decks animated Star Trek series. Uh, so Harry Mudd, back to his old tricks of stealing and double dealing, finds himself in a precarious position aboard a hostile ship, just in time to try out his latest Con. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an undead. At ease before you spray something. Ah, uh, let's get the thirty thousand foot view of what you guys think of this short trick. The last short trick before season two of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, let's start with Jeremy. What do you think, dude? I felt like it was all filler. It really didn't. I mean, unless this comes back later, I just didn't see it serving a purpose or anything else than just to, just to give Rain Wilson another chance to be Harry Mudd. And I just, I don't know. I, I didn't care for it. I just didn't. Hmm. I just didn't care for it that much. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Uh. I was enjoying talking about Orville more than this. Wow. Wow. I am shocked. I'm floored right now. I, I think it's just maybe the 15 minute thing that just kind of messes me up. Like, it's just hard for me to read too far into it when it's so short. Like, the Saru episode was really good. There was a lot of substance there. There was a lot to talk about, seems like. Uh, maybe because I'm not really familiar with the Harry Mudd character in the original Trek, and 
I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we got it seemed a, like a commercial. We got a full episode of Harry Mud this season. Um, there are only two, I believe, two uh, original series Harry Mud episodes. Uh, if I'm wrong, write in at uh, fans at discussingtrade.com. Tell me how I'm wrong. But but uh, it, it, go watch them. They're good. I've seen them. They're good. Um, this character is slightly different. You know, I feel. Um, I feel like the one in the original series is a little more playful. This one's a little more serious, in my opinion. But I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna give a, give Kyle a chance to respond. But wow, you guys are shocking me so far. What about you, Cal Jones? Okay, so before <laughs> I saw this, I really didn't care about Harry Mudd. But by the end of this, I was like, okay, this episode was really cool. I actually really like this episode. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, 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 with, I'm with you, Cal. I'm with you. Uh, myself, uh, personally, I thought it was really fun. You know, as we talk about discovery season two being set up to maybe rectify some canon issues i feel like this maybe destroys it again with these i will get into it but what obviously happens by the end of the episode i feel kind of destroys the canon more um but i found it very enjoyable if you know if any of you guys seen any rick and morty at all yes this feels just like a ricky morty rick and morty episode to me it's probably why I didn't like it. Because there are several episodes where there's multiple Ricks. Ricks on Ricks on Ricks. So this this is straight out of that book to me. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. So we have this brain female taking payment from this Tellarite we learn is whose name is Tavern Crit. What are our thoughts on this initial encounter? You know, Crit being mad about his stolen crudgel and uh, I guess uh, uh, Mud sleeping with his sister to obtain it. This thoughts. Interesting. I, the, the, you know, whenever I first, uh, you know, was watching it because I watched it twice. And whenever I was first watching it, I first was wondering what in the heck is a a cudgel <laughs> and then the second thing was i noticed uh what that he said something about her tusk stabbed my face <laughs> and i was wondering did you just make up the fact uh that you even were with this person trying to get out of what you were you know obviously in trouble at the point and then i the more i watched it i was like no you really did do something with her yeah 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 so what about the rest of you guys? Any thoughts, initial thoughts on this encounter? Um, I originally, I don't, so I guess I'm basing everything off of the one Harry Mudd episode of Discovery that I've seen. And at that time, his trouble started over a, a romantic encounter with a woman and he ended up in a lot of trouble. Here we are again. So it, it I don't know. I, I'm not the one to ask, man. It just wasn't a lot of substance to it. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> the, that podcast is over. <laughs> Nobody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it, it it wasn't a bad thing. It just wasn't a lot to it. Like, I I, I wasn't shocked by anything. You wasn't shocked? I, I, Did you? Okay, well, let's just get to the... It's not. It's only 15 minutes, so let's just cut to the chase here. Okay. You were not shocked by the, by the fact that there were multiple Harry Muds running around... Uh, and he was playing this long con game. You were not. You were not shocked by that. I figured that out. Like no well, freaking I'm not, way. I'm not gonna say I no didn't freaking way. Out. No but way. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying. There was yeah, no, I didn't no. figure that out. I'm not gonna say I didn't figure it out, but I'm I'm gonna say it wasn't shocking. Like when I did see that, like that that was expected. So really? when they <laughs> when when he said when the guy on the uh, Federation ship was like, "Yeah, here's all the clones, the robotic clones that of Harry Mudd that this uh, bounty hunter has." Been, making and selling people, I was like, well, the bounty hunter has to be Harry Mudd. Even though we thought it was a woman, I was like, that would be perfect for Harry Mudd. Like, that seems like something he would do. Well, at that point, it makes sense that it's Harry Mudd behind it, but I don't think anything leading up to that, you know, was a clear indication that it was a clone. That's what I said. I don't think, I, I won't say that I knew it was coming. I'm just saying I wasn't shocked that it was him. Well, my, my, one of my other questions was do, and I'll give this to Jeremy to start off with. Do we think that, do we think those moments that he had that felt sort of like flashbacks, were they actually flashbacks or was they, were they just like going to the other clones and their separate experiences at the same time? Did anybody else feel that or was it just? Oh, me? absolutely. Cause that was, if you did not ask that question, I was going to ask it because that was something I was not sure about. Yeah, that sounds rather Doctor Who-ish, actually. <laughs> like, whose memory and whose timeline was it? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just think, look, there was just too much mud, and I know this is this whole episode was about him, but he <laughs> was his person. He's got a strong personality, which I like the mud episodes from Discovery, but they were spread out over the 45, 50 minutes. And I think, you know, just all mud for 15 minutes is, was just too much. And it's, it's hard for me to take to look beyond that. <laughs> mm, see, I actually, if you don't mind. Uh, sure, um, go ahead. <laughs> I actually I actually go the opposite direction. Perfect. I don't like that character. <laughs> and I did not enjoy really the, the episodes that he was in Discovery proper. And I will be honest, the first part of this uh, episode or mini-sode, I actually was irritated by him because I was I wrote down uh, he's using the same thing each time over and over, using the same thing that obviously isn't working. But then when you get to the end and you see the, that obviously, yes, it is working, it made me reappreciate the character and actually want to see him again. It's the long con. Uh, he's up to his harebrained schemes to get rich. I thought it was perfect if you know anything about Mud. And certainly even from this discovery, we know this guy is a con man. I mean, he killed Lork like 25 times in, or more in the, in the episode proper. Um, I found that his, you no know, kind of this transition from, you know, I'm, I'm Mud, I'm the man until this, um, I'm going to try to outwit you and then to this, I'm begging for my life. I thought that was pretty cool. And that was, that's what would happen if somebody was trying to get out of an impossible situation. So I really love that. I thought it was played out good in the episode. I thought that Rain Wilson's acting was really good because I, I felt it was believable. I mean, I love the banter between now, him and Crit. I thought that was really good. Go ahead, John. I'll give you that. The acting, the acting was great. I, now that I would not find a flaw in, and I think he does a great job uh, bringing that character to life. So, I mean, kudos to him for that. Uh, but I mean, as far as that whole, I mean, so I guess what I'm getting 
it, same thing with the very first short trick. The problem I had with the very fir- first short trick was like I really didn't learn anything. Like the Saru episode, we learned something about Saru's past. It was enlightening about. I mean, the Harry, this episode, like we didn't really learn anything. We already knew Harry Mudd was a crook. We already knew that he'll do whatever it takes to get over on somebody and get rich. We already knew that. So we already knew that he's going to play the long game. He's killed the captain like 40,000 times <laughs> over and over in time. I mean, we know that he's dedicated to his craft. But what did we get from it? That That's that's what, like, I'm, I'm not saying it was terribly written or it was terribly shot or it was a bad acting. It's just, I didn't get anything from it. it we got Harry Mudd. And if you're a very huge fan of Harry Mudd, then you probably love this episode. But other than that, I mean, what did we get? It was meant to be a funny vignette. I mean, what did we actually get from Calypso? Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did we get actually get from anything other than this ruin? Though I felt all of them were good in their own different yes, way. Was- so I'm going to go back and uh, I think this was something that I said in Calypso. And I'm going to restate it here. I'm going to bet that once we see series two, that every single one of these, all four of these, will make more sense and will have more context in some way at the end of season two. It, the, I just don't see these showrunners wasting 15 minutes of airtime, whether the, it, it's nothing more than a minisode. Still, I don't see them wasting airtime to waste it. Well, well, again, like in my opinion, it was a, it was meant to be a funny vignette that takes place in the Star Trek world. That's what I think it was meant to be. They did slightly tie it in uh, to the season one of Star Trek Discovery, mentioning that um, that Harry Mudd has one count of penetrating a a space well. Which, of course, the, Gorm- <laughs> the Gormagander, how he got on Discovery in the first place. You know, I don't think it's meant to be taken that seriously. It's uh, it's a 15 minute short trick and we're not talking about a mainline Star Trek Discovery character. Again, I get what you guys are saying. If you don't know anything about mud and TOS, you're probably not going to care that much. But we do get an episode. Well, in in a few episodes, we see mud in season one of Discovery. So we do have those touchstones to kind of go off of and relate to this character. Now, if you don't like them, you just don't like them. There's nothing we can do about that. So. Um, so, so, so let me ask you this. Are you basically saying that this is the kind of episode that we might would watch while sipping jiffers on a beach somewhere? <laughs> you just wanted to say that, didn't you? I really, I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the episode. It's probably my least favorite. <laughs> I mean, some more cool things I think yeah, we got yeah, in this episode. Good. We, 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 we got, we got the tiny, the spunky little alien, which I couldn't even tell what race she was, but I thought she was really cool. Uh, we got the Orions. Is it just me and the little Orions in this episode? Don't seem alien at all. They just feel like people painted green, <laughs> which I know they are. But it seems yeah. it seems like even in Enterprise, they feel like like a different race. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, I said the same thing. And by me being colorblind, so that really didn't help things. So I <laughs> I really just looked at it and said these are just humans. Yeah. I, See, I, I'm not even sure what part you are talking about because when he was hanging from the ceiling, okay. Jeremy, did you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm colorblind as well, so okay. Like, I, 
I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm probably just as colorblind, if not a little bit worse than Jonathan. So I didn't, didn't even realize they were like a different color. They were just like people. So they didn't even <laughs> register me. They were supposed to be a different, you know, a different species. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, also, I think it was cool that we got to see the, what, the Damilio, the Milo, the Milo ship. I thought that was pretty cool. We got to see a different, you know, even though it's probably the same transporter room, we got to see a different ship for a minute. Uh, so I thought that was cool as well. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, so let's just wrap up and give a kind of, and we briefly talked about this already, but just thoughts on these short tricks in general. What was the purpose? Were they worth it? They got me to subscribe four months earlier back to CBS All Access. So maybe they did their job. But what do you guys think? Were they worth it ultimately? With the exception of the Saru episode? No. Mm. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you with because I, I'll, I'll go with what Clarence said. I did resubscribe four months early. And on top of that, I actually enjoyed all four of them in different ways. So, um there you have it. I, I, I enjoyed them. And you, Jonathan, any, any comments on the short tricks as a whole? <laughs> I think you pretty much gave um, yours what you think of them, but. <laughs> yeah. So here's it. I don't think they were bad for what they were meant for. I, my feelings is I just didn't get anything for them. I don't think it would have been worth me subscribing early to CBS All Access unless now what I would be highly disappointed in if I didn't watch them at all what and what they should have done like after every short track it would have been cool if they would have showed a preview of Discovery that kind of tied that short track into it and that would have made it even better but like I if like you guys have mentioned a couple of times if in season 2 we actually get a tie-in to these short tricks, then I'd probably be disappointed that I didn't watch them. You know what I mean? But if not, then I think it was just a waste. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna definitely go with Cal's bold prediction and say they're gonna tie in somehow to season two of Star Trek Discovery. Somehow. Somehow. And of course, you know, the Saru episode already ties in to a certain extent from the first season. As well as maybe the Harry Bud episode just a bit. But I, I I do think they're gonna tie in somehow to season two. Um so, yeah, kudos to Kyle. I hope that comes true. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Hey, if they do, if they do tie it in, I'm definitely subscribing early next time. <laughs> and, you know, as witnessed by our friend uh, Lee's um, uh, audio drama uh, relativity, he has come out with something similar. So he is tied directly into the show. And they're so great. So I totally agree with you, John. If they actually felt like they tied in more it would be so much more meaningful. Uh, but, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed and hopefully in the upcoming season, we'll get a little bit more uh, tie in tie ins around these short treks in the season. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, I guess we are ready to wrap up this. I'm holding quotes up review. Kind of. <laughs> I think I just gave you guys a platform to vent about how much you just hate this episode. I liked Which, it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Let's just go around a horn wheel real quick and see what everybody is working on, podcast related or otherwise. Let's start with Mr. Jones. Well, for anyone who is a fan of Doctor Who, you can uh, check out what Clarence and I talk about along with our friend that 
uh, Clarence mentioned just a moment ago, Lee Shackelford, on Discussing Who, and that can be found at DiscussingWho.com. All right. And also, uh, J&J, what have you guys been working on podcast related otherwise i didn't mean to lump you guys together you can go separately i just you just seem like the same individual you're one entity you, I, I don't know what are you guys working on well it's not like we're working on enough stuff separately or together that would you know validate us going separately but i i mean nothing it's it's the holiday season so we're in the restaurant business that's open on the holidays so we've done nothing but work so uh, not really much of anything. I've tried to absorb. A, I finished Star Trek Enterprise, and I, I say as I've always said, if you haven't watched it all the way through, go do it. It's great. It really is. And Jeremy, I finished a book I've been reading for three months finally. And what so I thought he was working. He was. You care to tell? You don't have to tell if you want to. <laughs> well, no, it was, it was called, uh, Dan Brown's uh, latest book, Origin, from the like the Da Vinci Code series. Ah, okay. Cool. So, but, you know, it took me about three months because of, you know, my, like he said, we're in the restaurant industry and we work all the time, especially during the holidays. So it was just read a chapter here or two here, read a chapter two there. But I finally pushed through and read it and finished off the other night. So I'm, I'm happy that's over with and I can move on to something else. Now, I will say you guys did have a pretty interesting discussion about Christmas songs in your last podcast. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. We hadn't, we hadn't recorded the discussing trick since then. Yeah. So I definitely yeah, push that. people to check out the J&J Starts Talking podcast, where they kind of talk about the ire around political correctness in our Christmas music. So I thought that was really good. Well, thank All you, right. sir. Cool. I'm a little behind on my podcast. I've got to check that out. That sounds cool. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, guys. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.